0: Hey, what's up y'all it's me again it is mcm and this is a bonus pod for this week i know sometimes i throw in all like five or six of them and sometimes i just do one or it depends how i feel if i don't see enough thousands on those plays then maybe i don't do anything so anyhow here we go So happy that you showed up and joined in to listen and take part of my podcast. It's called You're Probably Right, where everything is right to somebody. And sometimes the left is right and sometimes the right is wrong. Yeah, that didn't really work too well, but whatever. right y'all it is I it's MCM and this is you're probably right podcast I'm so happy that you're here you're welcome in my house say it anytime but don't bring your tail over here and show up at my house I'm just figuratively speaking you know what I mean all right (laughs) okay you know my last podcast I kind of left some of y'all short and some of y'all were short of my messages Letting me know that you weren't too happy that I didn't get into the anger by showing me anger that I didn't talk about anger. So guess what? Today we're talking about anger. Okay, so I'm going to read a teaching on anger by R.C. Sproul and. I'm doing this because first of all, it's a good teaching. Second of all, the first time I tried to listen to R.C. Sproul, I wasn't able, to, actually I tried to listen to him two times and I just wasn't able to take it. Sometimes our voices just don't make it for other people, but recently I've been listening to and I'm cool with that, but I just figured that I could add my little two cents in here or there and um, read the teaching that I actually got off of a transcript, which I actually made therefore therefore (laughs) has nothing to do with therefore listen i'm gonna read this transcript i'm gonna do my best to read it and kind of speak it so it sounds like it's fluid and it doesn't sound like i'm reading but of course you know where i got my education so that may not happen so bear with me as i said it is a transcript so you might see me stop at some point trying to figure out what the heck he was saying because um you know the computer generated transcript may not have um generated it accurately okay so i'm gonna do my best this is all about anger what to do with your anger what to do with other people's anger i don't know why i'm eating these candy canes lately maybe because they're all on sale or something you know what i mean anyhow <laughs> i know it's real i'm sorry but you know what? I am really happy that you've joined in to uh, listen to me again. Um, I'm actually shocked with the amount of people that are listening to me on, especially on um, Apple Podcasts for some reason. Um, it's been amazing. And I really, really, really appreciate it. If you, can, um, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you do appreciate my work here, then um, if you could rate me. Um, funny enough with all of the listens I've had, I only have one rating (laughs) and I saw it on Google. I'm like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, just speaking of which here's a joke for you and you can figure this out. I'm not going to, um, make a big fuss about this or anything, but I've noticed there are a couple podcasts actually copying certain things about my of my podcast and I mean they what do they say if you copy someone it's the highest form of flattery um, so I guess I should be flattered the only problem is the people who are copying me are people who have already been in movies um, TV shows athletes so and I know like you're probably yeah you're, you're getting copied you're but right, buddy but like trust me I know From my name of my podcast, to the way I did my cover, to even some of the topics. But I mean, who knows? You know, there is 8 billion of us on this planet, they say these days. So who knows? I mean, let me just be honest. Sometimes... 20 of us will have the same exact idea down to a T. It's just going to happen. It's like doppelgangers, you know what I mean? Like they're out there. And they may be actual just regular people that just look like other people, but um they may come off as doppelgangers, but the point is is we're going to look alike, we're going to think alike, our ideas and our questions are going to be alike. It's just that way. I mean, everything for instance, and I know I'm <laughs> I'm not getting onto my topic yet, but you got time, right? You can pause it and come back later if you got something better to do. But for now, just listen to me. So I had a question the other day and it just came honestly, it came off the top of my head. And I don't know if you've had, ever had this question before, but I said, you know, when they, they um, discovered electricity or figured out how to harness electricity and use it for lighting or whatever, I thought to myself, and this was about last Tuesday, I said, I wonder what people thought of static electricity when we didn't have electricity. Like I'm wonder, I'm sitting there wondering, I'm like, <laughs> the reason why I was wondering this is because for some reason lately, I've been walking across the carpet in this house and I'll touch something and I've been getting shocked more than normally enough for me to actually realize that I'm being regularly shocked in this house. They say that I should turn on a humidifier. I did that, left it on the whole night. Yesterday, um, the other day, I was fine throughout the evening, the night. And then once it was off in the morning, I was getting shocked, touching light switches and computers and stuff like that. And I was like, man, but um, honestly, back to the point, I'm saying, can you imagine? Like, I mean, like I know in your house, there's lights. Most of you. Oh, great. Dogs barking. But, um. I know that in most of your houses, there's lights, um, there's computers, there's TVs, there's fridges and all kinds of different stuff going on. That's working off of electricity, right? And you see the lights and it's all normal, but I'm saying, could you imagine? You've never turned anything on by any type of generator or any kind of switch. The only light you've ever seen besides a flickering flame at a fire, or um a barbecue whatever um is maybe what do you call them those little those little bugs those uh what do you call it? light bugs whatever they are the little bugs that um that that, that some people I think in some countries they call them peeny wallies really weird but um they're little green um, fireflies and that's one thing that must have been freaky enough but could you imagine you walking across something or just have a certain Material on you and all of a sudden you touch somebody and it shocks and you see the actual spark in the darkness. I Would imagine that would have freaked people out, but that's just me anyhow. The point is is then I googled it I said what did what did people think of static electricity when we hadn't even Harnessed it or supposedly discovered it yet. And there was some interesting answers on the internet, which I found pretty interesting so anyways that was the one thing so anyhow I'm gonna to get to this it is about anger I'm gonna tell you a story and then RC Sproul here is gonna tell you a story or actually I'm gonna let hit I'm gonna read his first and then I'll tell you mine so I'm gonna do my best to read it as I said earlier in one of my other uh, episodes is I did go to public school and I was in special ed for a certain number of years in that <laughs> in those schools for different reasons maybe not the correct ones but it is what it is and I'm here now and I'm reading to you so good luck and listening I'm gonna do my best okay let's see if I can make this thing larger that might help my old eyes okay sorry for the candy it's almost done I just I just need a little sweetness you know sometimes you just need a little sweetness okay During the summer, when I was in college, I worked in a hospital outside of Pittsburgh, and after every workday, I would drive downtown Pickering, Pickering. (laughs) Pittsburgh, to pick up my mother from work and drive her home. I really need to finish this candy. And traffic was always congested. Leaving the city and going across the bridge and we would go across the liberty bridge and enter into these tunnels that went under went under mount washington called the liberty tubes narrow two lane two tu- tunnels you go through the tunnels and after you come out of the tunnels the thing widens Can you imagine this in your in your mind's eye the thing widens into six lanes for a right turn lane to go straight and also to turn left, you know, kind of like we do in most cities. Anyhow, and if you came out of the tunnel in the left lane, imagine yourself in the left lane, people, or the left, the left lane of the tunnel, you had to turn left, and if you came out on the right lane, you had to turn right. You couldn't turn left in that right lane. You had to go right no matter what, you get the idea. You were not allowed to get into the left turning lane the left turn like well for some reason this particular day I got stuck in the right hand lane and the tunnel came through wait the the right hand lane and the tunnel came through the tunnel to the other end and I saw that the light was green about 100 yards up in front of me okay So I darted left. Okay, so you remember, he's not supposed to do that. He darted left and where I wasn't supposed to go. And just as I got to the light, it turned red and I had to stop. And I looked in my rear view mirror and there was a policeman who was standing at the edge of the tunnel. Oh boy. That day was a motorcycle cop and he was overweight. (laughs) and he saw me make the darting move into the left lane from the right and he started running towards my car and I and I could see him and I could see his face getting redder and redder and the steam coming out of his ears if you can imagine and he came up to my car and he took his fist and he pounded on my roof of my car and I opened the window and said what do you think that you're doing he was enraged and the (laughs) first okay and the first thing that came into my mind was a soft answer turneth away wrath it's in the bible y'all So I came up with the softest, gentlest reply I could ever do. Oh, sorry. He was saying, what do you think you're doing? I don't know why it says I said, I think I'm, what are you doing? Anyways, sorry. Again, it's the transcript. So anyhow, a softest, a soft answer turneth away wrath. So I came up with the softest, gentlest reply I could ever do and said, I'm very sorry, your officer. I should not have done that what I did he was not prepared for that he just started sputtering and finally he looked at me this in disgust and said oh all right just don't do it again and then he turned around and walked away and I thank God for the wisdom of the scriptures that allowed me to escape the policeman's wrath and you get that right it wasn't supposed to do something the cop caught him and something Maybe the Holy Spirit, maybe his sense, (laughs) you know, he decided to say something nice and soft. So I'm going to give you my version of that kind of a story. One day, it was two years ago, I was rushing to work now. Like every other day, I have to rush to work because i have to drop my son off with enough time to get me to work but not to drop him off too early so that i don't have to pay more money at the babysitter which i wasn't happy to do in the first place so basically i had to get him in the car after breakfast after making breakfast after packing everything up and getting him ready to go we got in the car now i had to go a little fast now i generally don't speed with my Children or anybody else in the car for that matter, unless it's on purpose and I'm just being stupid for two seconds or something. But basically, what happened was I was supposed to be driving 40 in this area, and I've been told oftentimes, do not speed on this road. Matter of fact, it's East Avenue in the Port Union area by the beach. Um, I'm going up the hill, going down the hill. And I didn't put my seatbelt on because I honestly, this morning, I did not have time. And uh, I mean, how long does it take? For some stupid reason, sometimes we just think that we don't have enough time to put our seatbelts on. And I am encouraging you, please, when you get in your car, put your seatbelt on right away. Okay, so imagine I'm driving, I'm going up a hill, I'm going down a hill, and my speed's gaining a little bit, I mean, It's a 40 zone. It's a school zone. So I think I might have been doing 47, 53 here, there, slowing down. Anyhow, I come down the hill and I need to turn left into the street. I need to go to the babysitter. But unfortunately, just beyond the crosswalk where I'm turning left, a policeman is calling me, waving me in, waving me in to come to him because I was speeding and he had the radar on me. I said oh boy I can't like this isn't obviously this is in my head because my kids in the back car I'm not really talking to him I'm talking myself I'm saying I cannot drive where you're telling me to come to you mr. officer because my seatbelts not on so I had to play slick I don't know what told me to play slick but I had to try to play it off because I mean speeding is one thing I can take the speeding ticket but also driving without my seatbelt not a good look so what ended up happening was I swerved like I was gonna turn left, and he was freaking out like livid. And I only did that, and you could imagine if you're driving in your car, I swerved to the left with the steering wheel with my right hand, I grabbed my seatbelt and pulled it back with the steering wheel and clicked in my seatbelt as I turned right towards the officer because he was on the right side of the road. Hopefully you got that in your mind's eye. So he's like, what do you think you're doing? You're speeding. I was calling you, come this way and you're turning off, jetting that way, turning back this way, what are you doing? And all I could say was, sorry, I'm rushing to get to the babysitter so I can get to work. I'm dropping my son off and he looked in the car and he sees my son sitting back there and he pokes me in the side, like a, the weirdest thing. Like if he knew me, he poked me in the side and he goes, oh, you're so lucky. Think, be thankful that your kid's in the car. I'm like, really? In my mind, of course. I'm like, okay, okay. Um, he says, um, let me see your driver's license and your insurance. So I... Nervously got them out of the glove compartment gave them to him He went back to his car He comes back out a little while after and He I mean said as mad as this guy was I thought I was getting the the book thrown at me I thought I was gonna probably end up having to walk my kid to the babysitter because they were gonna impound my car for the Weirdest moves that I was pulling on the street that day and he just gave me a ticket That was the lowest ticket you could possibly get And he said nothing about the seatbelt, which he did make mention of, which I forgot to say. He did say that he noticed that I wasn't driving my seatbelt. So I didn't get away with even that part of the thing. But the whole thing was, all I said was, sorry. And I explained exactly what I was doing and he understood. Now, I don't know if he went back to his car and realized that the funny thing is about nine months earlier, he had given me my last speeding ticket, the same exact officer. I mean, I was in the same area, and I guess that's what he does, but of course it wasn't the exact same spot, so I don't know if it comes up, but the whole point is he was so angry. But the funny thing is when he noticed I wasn't giving him attitude, and I was honestly a man trying to get to his job, trying to drop his kid off, maybe he's had like situations or he understands other people go through these things in the wee hours of the morning or the fact that he did see my child in the back and he didn't want to carry on with the stuff that he was carrying on with in the anger levels he backed up and gave me a break and i'm telling you right now if you're listening mr officer i really really appreciate it <laughs> okay i'm gonna get on to the teaching now i'm gonna do my best as i said i've been trying to when i as i've been reading this um when i read read RC's um story here i had to abbreviate certain things because i realized what he was saying i caught them on time and of course when it said what do you think you're doing i thought it was him saying that to the police officer and i got mixed up there so i'm gonna do my best right here we go what we all experience (laughs) the consequences and the effects of human anger We have all been angry at times in our own lives, and we have had people who are angry with us and angry and sorry, anger as a force or as a power. It's one of the most destructive forces that can be unleashed among human beings. And it is an emotion, a posture, an attitude that is so powerful and so real and so pervasive in our culture that you would think we would have we would have a better handle on our understanding of it and yet it seems though we don't understand very much about anger at all and yet the scriptures is by no means silent on this matter whereas you know sometimes you read scriptures and it's a little bit vague or it seems kind of like open this one's pretty straightforward <clears throat> and i'd like to turn your attention for a moment to the new testament to the fourth chapter of paul's letter to the ephesians beginning with verse 25 ephesians 4:25. the apostle writes these words therefore putting away lying let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor which is what i did in my story 4. We are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. And do not let the sun go down on your on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Now here Paul's address this difficult problem of anger, and he does it in a rather unusual way. The opening statement that he gives with respect to anger is this. Be angry If I had just read that passage and I had said, did you know the Bible tells you to be angry? But of course, that's not it. I think you would have, you wouldn't believe me. But here the apostle actually says, states in positive imperative way, be angry. Now, what he's saying here is really not an injunction that we should be characterized as an angry people. That's not the point of this. But what he's realizing and acknowledging is that inherently and intrinsically, anger is not a sin. Anger in itself is not a sin. If it were a sin inherently, then that would mean two things immediately one, that God is evil, and two, that Christ was a sinner. Because we know that. In the part of the character of god for him to express his wrath and we see occasions in the new testament particularly in the episode of christ cleansing the temple you remember where he fast fashioned and whipped out the ro- the ropes and went in there and turned over the tables and drove the money changers out of the temple and christ was angry he was visibly angry with what was going on in there Now, we have a phrase that we use to describe that particular type of anger, which we call righteous indignation, that anytime God is angry, it's righteousness, it's a righteous kind of anger. And anytime Christ manifests anger, it was a manifestation of righteous indignation or righteous anger. But our episode of anger are not always quite so righteous sometimes we're angry without cause without just cause which again jesus warned us against in the sermon on the mount on the mount but again paul is saying here be angry there's nothing inherently wrong with being angry but anger is such a dangerous volatile human emotion that many Many times when a person is in a state of anger, the anger becomes an occasion for sin, where we lose control, we lose our temper. What does it mean to lose your temper? (laughs) To be temperate is to be moderate, to be sober, to have ourselves in a state of self control. And anger can cause the loss of self control and provoke us to behave in ways that are destructive, harmful to ourselves and to other people. So Paul says, be angry, but he doesn't leave it at that. Now, I thought for some of you people who are sitting here for a while, probably you haven't read your Bible ever or for a long time or just don't remember. He said, and of course, I just added that in now. He says, be angry, but sin not the wisdom of the apostle is understood that anger becomes the occasion for all kinds of wickedness and when he adds another injunction to this be angry but sin not in your anger or sin not and don't let the sun go down on your anger and that's a metaphor of course obviously the sun's not going to fall on your anger And what is the apostle saying when he says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath? Anger, as I said, in itself may be legitimate. Righteous emotion, but so easily can turn into the emotion that are completely destructive. Said many people behind bars or dead now, if you wanna get real. For example, bitterness, resentment, harboring grudges, all of these things flow out of anger that has never been dealt with. Have you ever harbored things in your heart? And, you know, someone says, are you, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Are you, are you, you look a little bit angry. No, I'm not angry. And you go on and, you know, different situations like that happen over and over and over. And then one day, anyhow, where the sun goes down on it, the sun sets on the anger, and we carry, we carry over the anger to the next day and to the next day, and uh, perhaps in our entire lives. Many of us walk through this world filled to the brim with anger that's never really dealt with. You've heard of people who are who who are guys so angry, young men or people that seem to be explosive in their temperament that walk through lives, their, their lives like this, walk through, like, it's like walking through a mine, a minefield with these people. You're afraid to step without looking where you step. You have to walk on eggshells. You ever heard that? Walking on eggshells. There's a book. Walking around them because they're so explosive. They're so temperamental. There's so much anger in them. So they never dealt with the anger in the first place, obviously, because they're sitting with it and it's seething behind or underneath the surface. The sun set on the anger and that anger that began to eat away at their insides becomes a bitterness and a bitterness of resentment and producing an attitude of grudge, hostility that happens and we've all experienced it. And we've all known people who seem to be perpetually angry about this or that or incapable, almost smiling. Now, I'm going to tell you something and, you know, right in this juncture, something that I shouldn't have done. I definitely shouldn't have done it, but I did it. And it was me driving down the road, you know, I'm keeping the speed limit. Um... I'm one of those drivers who know how to, I guess it's it's like a sports mind. I don't know, some of you guys will probably kind of understand what I'm saying, but if I wanna get into a lane, I won't make it obvious. I realize like I watch people's body language in their cars when I know somebody wants to cut in front of me. So there's certain things that I don't do to not allow the person in front of me to know that I wanna get in front of them, especially if I can kind of sense that they don't want me to get in front of them. So what I did one day as I was driving down the street, minding my own business in Toronto here, and this guy was kinda, you know moving up moving up on my right side and i needed to get in that right lane because the guy in front of me already was just dragging it and i was going to pick up my cousin who had just flown in from england a few months ago and i told him that i would be there at 7:15 or something like that and i'm a person i try to be punctual even if I'm rushing like I was in that other story I told you. I was trying to be punctual and I, you know, my cousin hasn't seen me in a few years and I told him I'd be right there at 7.15. Funny thing is I had no clue of the infrastructure change in the heart of Markham to um, Unionville area. And I ended up fascinated by all the new buildings if you've been in that area, but it was slowing me down. Needless to say, I slid into this guy nonchalantly. I definitely did signal, because I generally always signal, but I would assume for this guy who was trying to keep pace with traffic and trying to to lose his space on his lane, that I cut him off. This guy was so ticked. He started driving up, driving up, driving up behind me. I'm like, oh gosh, what's this guy's problem? Then. When we got at a light, he edged up, he rolled down his window and he whipped the bottle at my car. I know I was rushing to get my my, um, cousin. I know that I'm a Christian, I'm a believer in Christ, but I was so upset. I mean, he just whipped the bottle at my car that I just recently got a little while ago and I've been like babying this car. I've been washing it and making sure I got wax on it. I've never even been one of those people before. Here I am and this guy just whipped a a water bottle at my car. Now, it was a plastic water bottle, but there definitely was a lot of water in it. So yes, that can dent your car. So I just, it's like when it hit my car, it was like he hit me and I could just imagine this huge dent that was gonna be on my car when I got out at some point. Well, needless to say, I kept driving. I'm so angry. I'm like, okay, just like, it's your fault. You shouldn't have cut him off. He's pissed off. And I mean, that thought might have been two seconds or less. And the opportunity presented itself that a red light came. And it was just me and him at a light. And I was behind him at this point because I had slowed down after he did that. And he whipped in front of me. Being stupid, I got up, I got out of my car, I walked, and I'm a fairly big guy. Not too fat, not too tall, but not too short and not too small. I like that. Anyhow, basically what happened then was I walked up to this guy's minivan, and I'm like, I gave it to him. i like, what do you think you're doing? Blah, 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 blah. blah You can imagine. At this point I've already sworn and I'm like I'm a person who prides myself generally in not cursing but I was so angry and he was angry as well now I thought hmm maybe he's gonna get out of this car nope he didn't get out of his car he just keeps swearing and swearing and screaming and I looked down to the right of me as I was looking I'm staying right at his driver's side window and what do I see three or four year old kid in the car i'm like oh my goodness i just said what are you crazy you're doing stuff like this and you have your son in the car or your daughter i just left his car alone went into my car and went about my business but i was so angry and i'm saying even the angry the anger that i had obviously he had to go somewhere i don't know where what he was going through i don't know if you know his wife would ticked him off or maybe he had just been upset or maybe his child was sick or whatever it was but he was angry that I cut him off and he thought that it would be okay to throw something at another person's car luckily I was able to catch a hold of my anger and realize the situation that I yes I was wrong and yes I know he was wrong at a level but I was able just to squash the situation but um It's you know, it's just funny. Like, I mean, maybe this should have been called road rage. I can tell you another story but I think I've told it before where I stopped a fight and after I stopped the fight, I'm not gonna get through the whole thing again, but basically the one guy that cut the other guy off and was ready to fight and his girlfriend was trying to stop him had no clue that when they left the guy that I kept from fighting him actually had about a 15 or 14 inch like industrial size screwdriver in his sweater and he slid it out and he just said to me you know what that guy is so lucky you came he had no idea so basically that would have been one of those stories that we would have read about on the six o'clock news and they would have been looking for that guy who stabbed up that guy and his girlfriend possibly but um the by the mercy of God <laughs> As a matter of fact, I had just gone and bought something to be able to record my podcast on. And that's why I happened to be out that day. And it was during the heat of COVID when there was hardly anybody on the roads those days. And there was all kinds of um, violence in the city for some reason. But yeah. Anyhow, I'm going to get back to um, Marcy here. So we see this in the criminal world all the time. Unbelievably... Hostile. Recently, in the United States, a man was convicted in Texas for the torturing death of a black man that he had tied to the back of his truck and drove for three miles while this man was alive until the man perished. I know we know about stories like this, just as we're getting to Black History Month. It's funny here and after george floyd and all these different things it's been happening but yeah this is rc Sproul's words by the way i'm not trumping up anything trumping anyway and there was no remorse in this man instead just bitter venom coming from the convicted killers miles as he was led away in manacles to the prison door i guess all those that they put on your your shackles on your feet he yelled obscenities to the judge and to the courtroom still overflowing with anger even after this terrible incredibly wicked act of destruction on another human's life so the power of anger can bring down nations that create wars it ruins families, it destroys marriage, more marriages, and so it is very difficult for the Christian to understand the nature of anger and how to deal with it at times. And one of the principal principal things is not to allow the sun to go down on your anger. Now, my wife. And I've been married for now almost 40 years, he says. And I would like to be able to say to the world that we've never had a word of disagreement between us at any time. But that we lie down in bed and, you know, people, I don't care who they are. I cannot live together in a marriage state for a long time without having disagreements and i'm i'm assuming that wasn't read properly but basically he's saying that no matter who you are in whatever marriage state or whatever kind of close relationship eventually there's going to be some type of provoking to one another in fact there's nobody in this world that can make them more angry most men than their wife why because there's nobody who means more to a man In this world than she does and no one who knows me better than she does she knows how to turn my switches anytime she wants but she has no fear of my anger because if i'm angry she can laugh at me because she knows i can't sustain it he says i just i know how many times i've gone to bed at night and say i'm going to stay angry and I'm not going to get over this and I'm not going to make her pay. I'm, I'm wait, I'm going to make her pay and all that. And then I hear, don't let the sun go down on your anger, son. I said, well, I can't do that and so on. And so this is the thing that we all have to deal with, I'm sure, but again, the heart of it i think it's understanding the nature of anger in the first place and we all need to ask ourselves from time to time what makes you angry certain things that might anger me wouldn't bother you at all and things that bother you would make me mad wouldn't make me mad or wouldn't make me mad it's just that that's how it is we're just built different and we have different Reasons for responding the way we do to certain things. We have different buttons Well, there are basic elements to anger and that we have been isolated and I would I Would say that three most common causes for anger though. I am distinguishing among three in one sense they're all variations of the same theme the first one is what i'm going to call disappointment disappointment how do you handle disappointment this is one of the most difficult things for children to learn how to deal with is disappointment mom can i stay over at johnny's house tonight no son we have things on morning so it's not going to be why can't i And all of a sudden there's uh, this rage, there's this anger and all. There's rage coming out of the kid because he wanted to do something. He had plans to do something. He had hopes to be able to do something. And these hopes have now become expectations and the expectation was not realized. And the result was anger. And here the axiom, people disappoint people we are not able to complete completely fulfill all of the expectations of the people we have around us and if we fail to meet their expectations if we let them down isn't that strange phrase let them down we use a vertical (laughs) we use sorry i like lost my place here for a second we let people down isn't that a strange phrase let them down we use the vertical quantitative measurement to talk about various levels of spirit when we are unhappy we are we are said to be low if we are unhappy and when we're happy we are exalted we are said to be high all right so here we are happy as clams and all of a sudden somebody lets us down somebody fails to meet our expectations and what happens we had expectations we had expected to do something we got something else we got something else in this place we are disappointed and this disappointment now is expressed in terms of anger not closely related to disappointment is its twin which i'll call frustration frustration is really disappointment repeated where your hopes are not realized repeatedly and it's one thing to hope for something right but have it not come to pass but you're a little bit disappointed but you're not angry yet then the same thing happens the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day and then after that pretty soon you're frustrated you want to see how that works watch an infant get him one of these play school benches <laughs> or they have a little workbench give it to them give it to the child the toddler and they'll have a round hole and a square hole rectangular holes and triangle holes and the child has a little wooden mallet and he has to put these little blocks in their round and square cylinder into the in and all the rest and the name of the game is what to put what to put the square peg in the square hole the round peg in the round holes now i've sat and i've watched little infants play this game for long periods of times And be absolutely amazed at their patience initially, where you see the little child pick up the square peg and try to pound it in a round hole, and it hits it and he hits it and he hits it and it doesn't go in. He doesn't give up, they'll hit it again, he'll hit it again, and watch and, and and watch me. But you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen a few moments. He keeps doing that pretty soon. He starts wailing. He throws the mallet, kicks the bents, scatters the blocks. Why? Because he's frustrated. He failed to achieve his goal. Now, hockey is a sport that is different from any other sport. Some fans say that they went to a prize fight and in the middle of it, a hockey game broke out. Yeah, yeah. Yes, hockey is more fighting than, has more fighting than any other sport. And that's true because I played a lot of hockey. But we don't, we we frown upon fighting in professional sports generally. It's a terrible thing to see a fist fight break out in a baseball game or a basketball game or a football game. But sometimes you will see fisticuffs erupt in baseball, Major League Baseball, When does it usually happen? Let's take football, for example, and you've seen melees and brawls break out in the football field. Let me tell you this, you almost never see a fight break out in a professional football game. These are highly disciplined professional athletes who are engaged in a physical contact that they've learned how to handle and adjust throughout the whole game. You've almost never seen a fight break out in the first quarter or in the second quarter. 11 teams realized, wait, 11 people realize. So generally what happens the third quarter and then a fight erupt. I tell you when they erupt. There we go. 11 guys realize that they no longer have hopes. And this is usually in the fourth quarter. One side winning the game of frustration has just taken over the one side and something happens and a frustration erupts and is expression of anger and violence. So generally you'll see most of the fights in professional football happen, late third quarter, fourth quarter, because somebody has realized they're not gonna win. So if you see somebody who's angry, you might want to check and see what was the goal or the desire, or the hope that they had their dream in their life that wasn't realized, that left them in that state of frustration. Disappointment, which then turned to rage. These are the two most frequent causes of anger. They're in now third cause of the anger is really still part of the same thing. And I want to focus on this because this is this, the essence of it. We've had, we had, um, yeah, here we go. It's pain and hurt, pain or hurt. Somebody walks up to you and slaps you in the face. Chances are that's going to make you mad. It hurts to be slapped across the face. Somebody knocks you over because you, because you scraped your knees that might make you angry because the person has inflicted pain upon you but here is a simple matter of understanding physical pain but we all know that there are other kinds of pain besides physical pain the baby that wasn't playing with the workbench experienced or that was playing with the workbench experienced emotional pain in the frustration of the action the person who hurt your feelings who insults you who slanders you who gossips about you injures your reputation injures your name provoke pain in your life the person who cheats you out of your money in the business deals has inflicted pain upon you it hurts to lose your investments and so that's pain it's transferred into anger now notice that all three of these involve some kind of pain disappointment is painful frustration is painful being slandered is painful being slapped across the face is painful and these are the things that provoke to anger jesus was angry what he saw happen in his father's house because it pained Jesus to see his father's house, which was supposed to be a house of prayer, turned into a place of merchandise and money trading. And Jesus expressed his anger that grew out of his pain. I can't think of any kind of anger that isn't rooted in some kind of pain. Why is that important to understand that? well understand my understanding my own anger and certainly understanding somebody else's anger particularly if they're angry at me it goes a long way if we can discipline ourselves to look past the anger to the pain if somebody comes up to you and says to you i'm really mad at you what's your normal reaction you're going to be defensive you're not going to be sympathetic you're going to be uncomfortable. Or if somebody comes up to you and says, I'm really hurt. Why are you hurt? Well, because of something you said to me the other day. I mean, how are you going to respond to that? If I realize that I have hurt somebody, my basic human response to that is to want to bring healing to that, to soothe it, to help them to get rid of that pain I don't want to hurt people do you I don't want to inflict pain on other human beings and so if somebody comes to me and says to me I'm really hurting say why well it's because of something you said then all of a sudden start getting mad at myself instead of that person but if a person comes on to me in a rage I don't want to hear it and if they become abusive i don't want to listen to them because now they're inflicting pain on me and i don't understand it in anger angry response provoked angry responses until the anger begins to escalate and the war starts where if we can just get past anger look behind the anger Look underneath the anger to see where the pain is because it's always there. It is always there. And a person may feel pain in unjustifiable way. As I said, people have unrealistic expectations. Somebody might come to you and say, come up to me and say, 'Hmm, I'm mad at you. Why are you mad at me? Well, because I called your office and wanted to play golf with you. And your secretary said, you were too busy and I'm really ticked about it so you know I'm sorry I don't want to offend you but whatever gave you the idea that you could just call my office and have my secretary schedule a golf game with you you may be worried that and you expected your desire to be fulfilled but you had no right to just have those expectations and sometimes we create our own pain we create our own anger by illegitimate expectations. But still, it's important for us to understand it so that we can understand our own anger and understand other people's anger. Guys, I'm gonna stop there. This is really, really interesting. Um, Actually, maybe I should just, I'll just finish it. Let me finish it. They had an expectation Maybe it was legitimate expectation and I failed to meet their expectation and the weight of the responsibility in my head, we actually do offend people. There's a distinction between giving off offense and taking offense. Sometimes we take offense when no offense has been made and people we take offense at us when we have done nothing to offend. That's also part of human nature. But when a person is offended, they hurt and often the response to the pain is anger. We need to understand that we all understand the way anger works in relationships and families and homes. The office, a couple kinds of anger that I want to talk about briefly are those two types of anger that I call situational anger, misdirected anger. And these also closely directed, closely, closely directed. Let's talk to, let's talk, let's talk, see what, how they're related. (laughs) Let's look, take a look, see, and see how they're related. I guess that's what he meant. Let's take misdirected anger. Guy comes home from the office. He had a bad day. Boss mashed him up. Boss was all over him. He lost an account and he's done. It. his car he's he done it his car on the way home he he walks into the house and he says to his wife honey I've really had a bad day darling and I hope you help me get over it that's not you that that that's not usually the way it works rather he comes in kicks the dog starts yelling at his wife creates havoc in the household. Because he's had his buildup of frustration all day. And so now he can't afford to let it out to his boss or his employees at work. So he stores it up, brings it home, and pours it out on the dog and on his wife and kids. That happens every day in America and Canada. This misdirected anger... Or well, all over the world. <laughs> I don't know why he said America and Canada. Probably because he only said America. <laughs> I'm trying to be inclusive here. Um, misdirected anger or its close relative, what I will call situational anger, where we blame people for things that they are not that, that are not caused by people, but accidents or something you walk into the house and the you're standing there and the curtain falls down from the wall and drops in dirt and gets ruined because the dog ran, to, ran over it or something. And so you start yelling at each other about the curtains being ruined when neither one of you have done anything. It was this situation that was difficult for everybody involved. You watched what happened when people are held up in traffic, as I was telling you earlier, where the situation is frustrating to everybody involved and people who have, no, who have no contributing cause to it tie up and get at each other's throats, start blowing their horns at each other, start fighting with each other or because the situation is so frustrating and disappointing. And so we need to be alert to that note situational anger when it comes up you have to know when it's up and it's not time to act a fool and get out of your car or flip somebody the bird and to make sure that when we are angry that it's directed in the right place and i'll say in the right way and that it's controlled with the right moderation there are different ways that the bible says that we ought to deal with anger in ways and ways not to deal with anger we've looked at some of them but also we are told not to be people who are known for a short fuse that we are to be a people who have the gift and the fruits of the spirit one in which is self-control where we discipline ourselves to not react in rage every time we're disappointed or injured or wounded or hurt and yet at the same time the danger of that is that we when we learn discipline our anger we then become people who are terrified to express it and we have it all pent up and then we begin to repress it and store it up and end up exploding and then this happens all the time where you see if somebody overreacting to a situation, why is that the case? Because there's been a pent up history that all of a sudden the straw that breaks that proverbial camel's back and and everything is stirred up comes bursting out and we need to be careful about ourselves. So I'm just gonna basically leave it right there. Hopefully you get it. Um, I apologize for some of the reading. I know that some of it was my fault and some of it was the computer's fault. (laughs) But I, I hope that the message was still clear. Um, You can leave a message if you want. I know that you can on Anchor. I'm not sure if you can on Apple Podcasts or the various different um, platforms that you've been listening to. I am available for listening, for your listening pleasure on nine different platforms at this particular point. And I'm tickled to death about it. Anyhow, we're moving right on to an hour of me yammering on. So (laughs) thank you for tuning in to my podcast today and i hope that you'll be back tell a friend upload it share it maybe somebody you know who gets angry all the time maybe somebody you know who refuses to get angry and you know that it's up in there somewhere anyhow thanks for coming out i'll see you next time on your probably right podcast and you know what if you argue and you disagree with what i was saying well you know what you probably